This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Steven Snyder, and you're listening to The Relationship Doctor. Today, I want to talk about an idea in the psychology of relationships called attachment theory. And I want to show you how attachment theory can be really useful in thinking about relationships. Let me explain. There are some things that are just instinctive. You don't need to learn them. You just know them automatically. When you're hungry, thirsty, or exhausted, your mind tells you very clearly what it needs. There's another kind of need, though, that for centuries no one gave much thought to, but in retrospect it's pretty obvious, which is that we need to feel securely attached to the people around us. This need can be every bit as strong as those other needs like hunger or thirst that we're more used to thinking about. After all, we're born helpless, much more so than the young of other species. Small children who are separated from their caregivers, even for a minute, reliably freak out. They act as if they're in mortal danger, which in a way they are. Until the 1940s, though, no one thought much about attachment. But since then, there's been a phenomenal amount of research into the science of what's known as the human attachment system, which means our instinct to stay secure and protected by keeping people close to us. In the 1960s, psychologists made the big discovery that young children differ a lot in their attachment behaviors. The classic psychology experiment that demonstrates this is called the strange situation. Here's how it goes. You take a child one to two years old, playing in a room with its mother. On cue, mom leaves suddenly and the child gets upset. The child's attachment system senses danger. Then, three minutes later, mom comes back and you see what happens. The most common way young kids react is they take a moment or two to calm down and then they're fine. Researchers call these kids securely attached. But there are other kids who take much longer to calm down. They stay agitated, and for a long time, they won't let mom out of their sight. Researchers call these kids anxiously attached. Their attachment systems seem to be extra sensitive. Then there's a third group who look at least superficially like the securely attached kids. At first glance, they seem fine. But if you watch closely, you see that they're very stressed. They just handle their stress in a different way. Instead of getting clingy, they shut down. It's as if they're saying, the heck with this. From now on, I'm taking care of myself. Researchers call this avoidant attachment. Now let's get to the million-dollar question. What happens when these three kinds of kids grow up? For the last three decades, psychologists have been studying what's referred to as adult attachment behavior, especially in romantic relationships. Interestingly enough, you see the same three basic patterns in adults that you see in small kids. 
a little more than 50% of adults show the same kind of secure attachment style that we saw in most kids. They tend to be warm, loving, and quick to forgive, just like the kids that tended to calm down quickly after attachment stress. They're pretty comfortable depending on others, and when they're in a relationship, they don't tend to worry too much about their partner leaving. They also tend to be good at intimate communication, since they can talk about their feelings without worrying about being abandoned. On the other hand, about 20% of adults have what's called an anxious attachment style. They spend a lot of time in relationships worrying that they're going to be abandoned. Just like the anxiously attached kids in the psychology experiment, who after they'd been separated from their mothers took a long time to settle down. Anxiously attached adults can have pretty fragile self-esteem. Intimate communication, talking about their feelings, tends to make them anxious because they're always worried it's going to lead to their being abandoned. So they're often not the best communicators. And finally, about 25% of adults have what's called an avoidant attachment style. They have the same kind of attachment feelings as everyone else, but they handle them by what's called deactivating them. They shut their feelings down, just like the avoidant children in the psychology experiment. They make sure no one gets close enough to hurt them. People with avoidant attachment style tend to be unusually self-reliant. They're often really ambivalent about getting into intimate relationships. There's also a fourth attachment style called anxious avoidant that makes up that last 5% or so. Because this last attachment style is much less common, I want to focus here on the big three, secure, anxious, and avoidant. Now, where all this gets really fascinating is how different attachment styles interact in relationships. There's now a fabulous book on this subject by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller entitled, appropriately, Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love. And by the way, I highly recommend this book to anyone looking for a relationship. People who are securely attached, it turns out, can bond with anyone. They can be with other securely attached people. They can sometimes also make good relationships with anxiously attached people. They're consistent and reliable and good communicators, which can do a lot to make an anxiously attached person calm down. And securely attached people can also sometimes make good relationships with avoidantly attached people, since they don't get all worried about the avoidant person's constant need for distance. Now, people who are anxiously attached, on the other hand, tend to have a big problem. They get so anxious in relationships that they sometimes end up confusing anxiety and love. It's easy for anxiously attached people to get hooked on someone who has avoidant tendencies, who's really good at pushing them away. And this sends their emotions through the roof because they're always trying desperately to get their attachment needs met, which can feel like the height of passion, but often it's just that they're anxious. Eventually, it can be hard for them to even recognize love unless it's accompanied by worry. If they meet a nice, securely attached person who's not trying to push them away, they can even end up feeling kind of bored. On the other hand, people with avoidant attachment styles tend to be ambivalent about whether they want to be in a relationship at all. This is such a foreign concept to people who aren't avoidant that they may have a hard time understanding and accepting it. 
avoidance are only about 25% of the population. But according to Levine and Heller, the authors of the book Attached, people with avoidant attachment styles make up about 25% of the population. But on dating apps, they make up much more than 25% of the population since they're much more likely to be single. That means if you're looking to find a partner for a secure relationship, going on Tinder can be a bit like shopping at a poorly managed clothing store. They have everything in stock except the one thing you're looking for. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org healthyliving. Now, let's talk about how to figure out what your attachment style is. This being the 21st century, you can easily find questionnaires online to help you identify your attachment style. One relatively simple measure is what's called the Experiences in Close Relationships, or ECR scale, which you can easily Google yourself. Or if you really want to get geeky about it, there's a page on the website yourpersonality.net where you can examine your attachment style in much more detail with respect to various individual people in your life. And the last thing I want to tell you is six ways you can use the science of adult attachment to help you love better. The first is to keep in mind that attachment styles aren't necessarily attachment disorders. If you're anxiously or avoidantly attached, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. We're a diverse species. All three of the major attachment styles, secure, anxious, and avoidant, are legitimate ways of being human. The next is to try to find a securely attached partner if you can. According to Levine and Heller, if you're one of the roughly 45% of the population who has an anxious or avoidant attachment style, your best chance of making a good relationship is to get together with someone who has a secure attachment style. Securely attached individuals are a bit like people with O blood type. They're universal donors for things like reassurance and good communication that most people need. Next, you want to find good attachment role models. Attachment behavior can sometimes change over time. Levine and Heller suggest for individuals with anxious or avoidant attachment styles to surround themselves with securely attached people, learn from them, and use them as role models. Next, understand that not everyone is looking for an intimate relationship. Some people, despite what they might say, are doing their best not to be in one. Never take the blame for your partner's bad behavior. It just might be a sign that you're not on the same page when it comes to your attachment needs. 
Next, practice effective communication right from the start. Expect empathy from your partner. Respond mindfully to what your partner is saying. And then listen carefully to the kind of communication you're getting from them. That can tell you a lot about where they're at attachment-wise. And the final way you can use the science of attachment to help you in love is to keep an eye out for someone whose attachment style is a good fit for yours. Attachment theory has come a long way in the last few decades. So, hey, why not reap the benefits? The more you know about your own needs and vulnerabilities, the more likely you'll be to find someone who's a good match for you. What's your most pressing relationship question? Email it to me at relationshipdoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. You might even hear your question on the show. For more useful tips on getting more of what you need in a relationship and holding on to it once you get it, follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Check out my book, Love Worth Making, How to Have Ridiculously Great Sex in a Long-Lasting Relationship. And be sure to listen and subscribe to Relationship Doctor on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please note that all content here is for informational purposes only. This content does not replace the professional judgment of your own mental health provider. Please consult a licensed mental health professional for all individual questions and issues. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.